Well, welcome to Mule Tip Tuesday, everybody. I am so sorry I was gone last week, but I'm not sorry because I was having a good time. Uh, last Tuesday, last week, I was up in uh, Idaho and Wyoming. Spent a little time with uh, my father-in-law and some friends and and doing some riding. So it was nice to get out. I took uh, my mule, Riata, and another mule named Lariat, and they did pretty good. So... It was fun. We didn't have any wrecks. Uh, it didn't have any issues. I guess we did have one little glitch. Oh, Sky's dad's meal kind of got hung up in the high line. And hey, I see Jared Beck. This is going to lead me to your question, Jared. Um, but anyways, the meal got hung up in the high line. I'll tell you two things I don't do when I'm, they're on the high line. I do not feed my mules on the high line. The reason is they get to where they stretch that high line out. Number two. It just gets, I want them to learn to kind of stand still on that high line. And if you feed them on the high line, they get to where they, they pull all over you, or all over the high line rather, and and uh, it kind of goes against what I'm trying to get done. So I don't feed them. Number two, I don't tie them loose on a high line to where they can roll and get around because that's kind of what happened with Larry's Mule Cupcake. Um, is she, she probably went to roll or something, and the leader was really loose. And because uh, that lead rope was so loose, I think she just kind of got her hoofs tied up a little bit and ended up on her back. So luckily our friend noticed her. It was early in the morning. He noticed her and took took care of it. Had to cut the halter uh, to get her undone, you know. But it, it could have been bad. She could have got killed, you know, um, hanging upside down. So, um, And, Jared, I'm going to talk about your question um, in just a minute. Uh, we, we talked about it a little bit this week, but I'm going to add some more to it. So... Anyways, that was last week's adventure. But other than that, we had good ride and good time and good people and Dutch oven cooking and everything else. But uh, um, I also wanted to see how you guys are doing on your everyday mealmanship challenge. If you guys are still doing those, hit the like button for me right now. If you're watching and you're doing those, hit that like button. Last week we had, uh, I sent you guys a video, or this past Sunday, I sent you a video on opening a gate off you off of your mule did you guys watch that hit that like button if you guys watch that there's a few of you handful of you okay well I would love it if you guys would have somebody film you so part of this challenge this is your meal tip Tuesday challenge okay I'd, I'd love it if you had somebody film you or duct tape the phone to the crowd and film film yourself but I'd love you guys to post a video of you opening a gate off of your horse or your mule and post that on our group page. If you're not a member of our group page, you need to be. Ty Evans Mulemanship Clinics. So post a video on there for me. I'd love to see them, okay? I'll be sure to watch out for that this week. So anyways, um, to get to the tip of the day, I, uh, I went back to the old journal and I, I found this in there and I thought it was... It was pretty cool, but basically, it says it said in order to make progress, you have to be willing to go back from time to time, and uh, that is really important. And I hope you guys all kind of think about that a little bit. But you know, making progress isn't always just going forward and doing the next step, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You got to be willing to go back and make the previous stuff a little bit better. All of you guys that have been to my clinics, you've heard me talk about. Especially the Mulemanship 2 class. I talk about it and 
you know I'd say hey we're just gonna do the basics better we're gonna do the basics better basically that to me that means re revisiting these previous steps and you know getting better at it doing a better job at it but you gotta be willing to go back from time to time you know and as you guys make progress you might you know you might have a bad day you might be going good for a week or two and then all of a sudden you kinda get a bad day and it's alright go back to the beginning go back to the basics and here's the other thing about those basics my friends is that if you really have them so good it should be really easy to revisit them it should not be a problem you guys agree with me on that like if you've done really good at it it should be easy to go back it shouldn't be a big deal you know it's like people that and I'm gonna to get to one of these questions about bits later on but you can always go back to the snaffle after you graduate of the snaffle it should be it should be a graduation but you could always go back to it so anyways that's my tip for you uh, write in the comments tell me what you guys think about that tip for the week okay in order to make progress you have to go back from time to time all right well um, since I missed last Tuesday, Sky has a handful of questions for me to get to, and and these people wrote in, sent a message on our TS Meals page, or they use the contact form on our website, tsmeals.com. Um, Melissa Pengraves from Idaho, she wrote in, and she sent me a big story, but I'll just abbreviate it for you. Basically, uh, she was loading her pack meal up at the trailer, and... Um, something spooked the mule, whatever. It pulled back real hard on the trailer, got undone, and then uh, took off bucking across the uh, across the lot. Um, Melissa works for the Forest Service, and and this mule was packing uh, signposts. So this mule took off bucking with a bunch of signposts in the panniers. And you guys picture that? What a cluster! Um. Anyways, so she had two questions. The first part of her question was, okay, well, now the mule has pulled back a bunch of times. What do I do about it pulling back uh, while it's tied up? Second, uh, her question was, okay, now when she goes to load this mule up to pack it, it's wanting to buck everything off, and, and it's, it's not wanting to stand still. So I'll address the question about pulling back. Um, there's two things to do to fix a horse, a mule, or whatever a donkey that pulls back okay and donkeys will rarely pull back on you but uh, a horse is prone to do that and mules just right there in between some do some don't anyways it's it's mostly a sign that it doesn't lead very good so that'd be my first um, suggestion to you Melissa is to go through that groundwork get them leading better and part of her email she said that the mule started to hang back when she's leading the mule down the trail and so she put a chain on it uh when these packer these when those stupid packer halters you um if any of you are in the packing world you've seen those but uh it's just kind of not what i like to do so melissa get july leading better get it get her leading get them leading good spend some time at it uh go back through all the groundwork checklist secondly if the you know these meals are prone to hang back you've heard me talk about it before and I'm gonna talk about it more today that high line I love using a high line 
But put it upright, do it up correctly, tie that mule on the high line. It's really hard for a mule to hang back on a high line. Yes, they can pull back on it, but they can't do much of a job because that rope will stretch. So they go to hang back, and most animals, when they hang back, they kind of sit down on their butt. They get their haunches under them and pull. Well, if you're got them, if you have them tied to a high line, they're going to end up just sitting on their butt, and they're not going to get much of a pull. And don't use any hardware when you're tying them up, Melissa. Make sure everything's just rope so nothing will break on you. And she might hang back a few times on the high line, and it just stretches and nothing really comes of it. So that's that's what I do about the pulling back. Now, about the bucking, when you go to load it up um, with your signpost or whatever, don't have the mule tied up. If you, remember, if you guys are having any trouble saddling or anything, uh, the mule shouldn't be tied up when you're doing it. So I'm not going to have the mule tied up if I'm having these problems. I'm going to have them loose just on the lead rope, uh, just in a round pin or something. And when that mule goes to move on you, Melissa, um, or it gets a little bothered, just roll the hinds away from you. Just roll the hinds two or three steps, reset, and try again. Roll the hinds again two or three steps, reset, and try again. So that's about it for, for that, Melissa. That's a good question. Thank you for writing in. The next question, um, and this is kind of related, but uh, Nicole, she called and asked what to do um, when her mule spooks and flies backwards. So if you can picture it, she's leading this mule. This is just a youngster. It's a yearling. And the mule gets scared of something and then just wants to fly backwards, backing up really fast. She asked me what to do about it. So my suggestion to her, similar to what you heard me talk uh, about with Melissa's questions, but first of all, Nicole, I would work really hard at getting my groundwork good. Now, the mule is just a yearling. It's just a baby. So don't be too hard on yourself uh, to get these things perfect. Don't be Definitely don't be too hard on the mule to get these things perfect. Just take your time. But there's two moves that really help these mules when they want to fly backwards. First of all, I would work on clearing the front. So if you guys have been following the Everyday Mulemanship Challenge, I... I did that towards the beginning of the year. Any of you that have been to my clinics and done a foundation class, then you you know what that is, clearing the front. But I I get that meal clearing the front really, really nicely. Second, it's kind of like if you guys want to teach a dog to stop barking, we'll teach it to bark. <laughs> so if this mule that flies backwards when it's scared, I guarantee you, doesn't know how to back up. Uh, very well. So I would teach this mule to back up correctly. And like I said, it's just a yearling. Don't be hard on the mule, Nicole. But I would teach it to back up, and you probably will fix up that issue with those two suggestions. All right. The next question I got is from Jared Beck. Jared is on here. Jared, I'm glad you're watching here. But he had a question about the high line. He asked what kind of halter I use. Um, I, uh, the mule was having a lot of trouble on the high line. Long story short, it wouldn't hold steel for many hours. It kind of rubbed sore a little bit um, on its face from the halter. And he didn't know how long he should wait. Should he water it? Should he feed it on the high line? So this is what I'm going to give you a suggestion on, Jared. As for the halter, I use a good fitting rope halter. Now make sure that it's fit correctly. That means that the it's not hanging low on the nose it's not 
baggy pants on the mule, okay? Make sure it's not baggy hanging down low on the nose. That's that's one thing I, I don't know why I hear that. But I hear it all the time. People say, oh, I thought rope halters had to hang low on the nose. I don't know where they're getting that from. I have no idea. But no, it, it shouldn't hang low on the nose. But the most important piece of the rope halter, Jared, that you want to pay attention to is the throat latch. Make sure the throat latch is contouring the cheekbone. It should be behind the cheekbone. I see a lot of rope halters that come down right in the middle of the cheekbone and you don't want that. You want to contour the cheekbone and fit fit nice under there. You should be able to fit two fingers under that halter all the way around and that's about how I like it set. Okay? That's what I'm looking for. And no more than that. So anyways, if you have that halter fitting right, um, I have very rarely soared one up. I mean, it's ha I guess it has happened a few times, Jared. Uh, not particularly on a high line, but just wearing the halter, they've got soared up a little bit. Um, but if it fits right, the chances of getting that mule sore is slim. Now, about the high line. First time I put a mule on a high line, that doesn't need to be on there for 5, 10 hours. I would just put the mule on for a couple hours. And it might not be standing perfectly still. It might not be just just how you want it to stand. But watch for it to just ease up a little bit. And it might be just taking a pause and they look over off in the distance. I'd put them away then. So start out by an hour or two hours, put them away. Day by day, the mule will learn to stand still and they'll get a lot out of it, Jared. So don't be too worried about that. But going back to uh, what I said earlier, I do not feed or water the mule on the high line. Um, I'll take them off that, off the high line to do that. So good question, Jared. I appreciate it. Give me a thumbs up if you if you paid attention to that, I guess. Let me know if you if you like that or leave a comment for me, Jared. Alright. Um Liz Churchill wrote in on our our group page, Ty Evans Mulemanship Clinics. Like I said, if you're not on that group you need to be. But basically she wrote that the mule won't go into the stall when she feeds. Or if he does, he gets worked up and wants to bolt when they go to shut the door. So what to do about it? And he's kind of but she also wrote he's kind of buddied up to one of uh, her other horses. So Liz, I would not stress too much about it. I would just feed him. So if you can picture this, at least this is what I'm picturing. And Liz, if you're watching, you can leave us some comments and give us some more info on that. But what I'm picturing, guys, is she has this mule out in the pasture. And she feeds, like she throws the hay in the stalls during feeding time. And she wants the mules and the horses to come in and eat in their individual stalls. Follow me on that? Okay? And the mule doesn't like to come into the stalls. Or it gets real nervous if it can't see its buddy and its pal. And then it wants to bust through and bolt through when she goes to shut the gate. Okay? So, Liz, like I said, I would not worry much about it. I would just feed them in the stalls and leave it wide open. So just leave it open and let the mule go in and out of whatever stall it pleases and it might go in the horse's stall or might not um might go in its own stall by itself i don't know but i would get it to where it just plain didn't care about going in and out of the stall so that might take you a week or two okay after that then you can start shutting the gate and just shut the gate um and you know don't be too worried about it but shut the gate and if the mule gets worked up let it just kind of sort it out it might need to hang in there for 20 minutes or a half hour or maybe an hour just let it sort it out and then you can open the gate and turn it loose and i just start doing that every day and uh, 
But this isn't a problem I've ever had, Liz. So, uh, but I think it's just because I don't, I don't care a whole lot, Liz. I, uh, if that makes sense, I just kind of let the, I'd let the mule sort that out on their own. That's, that's going to be their own business to deal with. And I'm just, my job is to throw the feed out there. And if they want to eat it, they can come in the stall and eat it. Of course, I don't feed mine in stalls. But uh, anyways, that's what I do, Liz. So don't worry about it too much, okay? All right. The last question that I have wrote down is from Alan Landis, okay? And he wrote in, if you get a new mule with lots of training and lots of experience, do you go back to the snaffle to see what it knows, or do you just continue on with where it's at? That's a good question, Alan. Um, and I kind of mentioned earlier, but basically, if if your mule has graduated out of the snaffle bit, meaning they moved on to the hackamore or the two-rein or bridle bit or whatever, you're out of the snaffle bit, you graduated out of the snaffle, what your animal should always have that education. That means maybe you rode in a bridle bit for the last three years. You should be able to put your snaffle bit back on. And it should be better even yet than when you graduated the snaffle. It should it should never be worse. Okay? It should be better. Um, or at least, at least the same. Hopefully you've made more progress than that. But at least the same. Does that make sense to you guys? I hope it does. But the snaffle bit is a graduation process. And if you guys um, are listening to this later on on the podcast, or those of you that are watching live right now want to listen to our podcast, Everyday Mulemanship with Ty Evans, I did one on the snaffle bit progression. Basically, what my mule needs to know to graduate out of the snaffle bit. Okay? So you can go back and listen to that. But, yeah, Alan, um, there's no problem. You can put a snaffle bit on any day. Maybe you go out riding and you forget your bridle bit. Well... Maybe your snaffle bit's hanging there. You should be able to put it on and go with it. You know, shouldn't be a big deal at all. So, anyways. All right, let's go to your live questions. We've got plenty of time left. Let's see what you guys wrote down from your day. If you got a question, post it here in the comments, and I'll see if I can get to it, okay? Appreciate you guys hanging in there with us today and watching. We've got a lot of good people on here. All right, let's see. Jason Smith wrote in. He says, Hello, Ty. How do you go about teaching a mule to walk slower on the trail? Thank you. All right, Jason. We go through this in every one of my clinics, but we go through speed control. So I will shift up and down. Uh, I will work on, I'll say, Okay, how, how fast can I get this mule to walk? And I'll walk it fast for a time. And then I'll shift back down to a medium walk. That's just their, your mule's normal pace. Okay, and then I'll shift down a little bit and walk a little slower. Now, if the mule is just going, and and maybe you could elaborate a little bit more on your question in the comment below, but maybe if it's just kind of going too fast for you and you want it to slow down because there's too much energy there, I do a lot of forward, I call them my forward ribbons. So I do a forward moving circle, a united forward moving circle to the right, return to the trail, a full circle. And then I do a united forward moving circle to the left, return to the trail. So you kind of picture these little ribbons I'm drawing in the trail. But if they're just pushing on me, that's how I'll do that. Otherwise, I just shift up and down through my, my, my speeds all the time. 
And sometimes if the meal's got a lot of energy, Jason, you might have to walk a little faster for some time before you ask it to go slower. It's kind of like the stop, you know. It's real hard to get a mule to stop if it doesn't want to stop. So you get it ready to stop. You get it to where it would like to stop, and you teach it that way. So same thing. Get your mule ready to where it, it's it's ready to walk slower. And that might that might mean that you have to ride for an hour or two, Jason, if you've got a mule that's high energy. Okay. All right, let's see what else you got. Carol, good to see you on here. Carol says, any suggestions on how to get control of the feet on a narrow single track trail? Carol, if you're on a really narrow single track trail and it's a dangerous situation, uh, you're a little late to the party. And you've kind of heard me talk about that in the clinics before, Carol. But, uh, you know, the these really narrow spots, and, and you guys will be surprised. Carol's rode with me, so I assume that Carol, you remember how narrow of a trail I can turn around on. I mean, I've seen a mule in a single-load trailer bend in half and come out of that thing. So they can turn, and they can do maneuvers, serpentines, roll the hinds, these forward moving ribbons, all these things on a pretty narrow trail. But if it's super dangerous, Carol, just ride through that situation. And, you know, all the trails I've been on all over this country in the West I have yet to be on a trail that was so dangerous that I guess that it lasted a long time. Maybe there's a real dangerous spot and it's like 50 yards. Well, get get across that 50-yard stretch and then you can get to work. Um, but I doubt you guys are riding on the side of a cliff for miles upon end. And, um, you know, of course, maybe your definition of cliff is different than mine. But I can do a lot of stuff on some pretty narrow trails. It's been fun because we've been doing these semi-private group clinics here and I got five people here in my backyard today from uh, three of them are from Washington they drove down and two of them are from Minnesota and uh, but we've been doing these private clinics here at my place and every group that has come after we get done working for the day they're like wow I had no idea that you could do circles and turns on that narrow that tight of a trail but they've all figured it out. That's been the comment I've got every week. So you guys can do some stuff on some pretty narrow trails, okay? Thanks for the question, Carol. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think of that. Thanks for asking. All right. Barbara Vansel. She writes, Barbara writes in and says, Ty, I have been having a wonderful time riding Daisy and consistently, consistently using the britchin. When going down, it still looks like the saddle is sliding forward, but it looks okay when on level ground. Does that sound okay? Nope. Barbara, if it's still sliding forward when you're going downhill, I mean, if you're going to go down something extremely steep, that saddle is going to slide forward a little bit because the britchin, I will adjust that britchin just on the flat. I'll adjust it so I can fit three fingers be between the butt and the britchin, okay? So that means you have three fingers worth of distance that the saddle will slide up a little bit. But that's like what? I mean, that's nothing. Um, but if it's sliding up quite a bit, Barbara, you maybe check a little bit and uh, tighten it up some. Make sure your rear cinch is tight. If you're, if you're going down some extremely steep stuff, make sure that rear cinch is tight as well, and that'll help you a bunch, okay? Good question. Let's see what else we got. All right. Looks like a lot of good people on here. Australia. Jess, good to see you. All right, Natalie Garrett has a question. She says, a question about ponying. Maintaining distance on narrow trails. Ponied mule does 
well backing up off the lead rope, but I'm having a hard time keeping him back from my riding horse on the narrow and more technical trails. I think I created the problem myself ponying in the arena, always keeping him off the flank of my riding horse. Yeah, Natalie, um, you know, when you're, when you're leading, when you're ponying a mule from your mule, the same standards apply as if you're leading the mule on the ground. Okay. So the mule needs to stay right where you want it to be. And, you know, if they're on the, you know, if you kind of teach them to pony on that flank, it's not a big deal. They should learn to stay back. But let's just say you're on a, you're, you're getting into a narrow trail and that mule's wanting to charge up. So you've already taught your mule how to back up off the lead rope. And if you guys don't know what that is, go back to the Everyday Mulemanship Challenges, watch that section of backing up, or we have a DVD on Groundwork Basics, it talks about that, or come to a clinic, I'll show you. But anyways, Natalie, back that mule up off the lead rope. So just stop your riding mule and back the mule up. Just back him up right there. And you might have to firm up a little bit if he's wanting to ride up on you. You might have to firm up a little bit, get him off. But that's that's pretty much all I'd have to do. You know, um, yeah, that's that's all I've ever really had to do on that, Natalie. Hope that makes some sense to you. But, uh, yeah, just just stop your mule, back them up. And when the mule charges up again, stop your mule again, back the pony mule up, okay? All right, let's take one more question. <laughs> Have you had to wear a mask during any of your clinics lately? Curious. Nope. Not yet. I haven't had to wear. It's it's pretty easy to social distance in an arena or out on the mountain. Gosh, I don't know a better place there would be to social distance than up on the mountain. All right, Brennan. Here's let's take this last question. Um, well, it's more of a comment. Brennan Rasmussen says, recently in the mountains, first time you bolted on me. I rode her out about 20 yards, stopped and rode her back to get my hat. The wishes after that out of the blue well Brendan there's always a reason they do something they don't do anything out of the clear blue they don't do anything for no reason you guys remember mules really like to conserve their energy these equines don't like to waste energy so whatever they do they have a reason Brendan so you figure out what that reason was and fix it and you as you probably know the mule just wasn't centered that's the main thing so alright I have let's take one more question um, Lucinda Lundstrom, how much longer can I ride my bread mare? She was bred in May. Oh shoot, Lucinda, um, you can ride the the pregnant mare. Um, you know, you can ride it for, ride it for quite a while. Um, usually up until a couple weeks before they give birth. Um, you know, keep them healthy. Keep those mares healthy. Keep them in good shape. They have easier deliveries, and they seem to have uh, healthier. Uh, foals so yeah listen to right her all, all the way up till a week or two before you uh she gives birth and now i don't go on no hundred mile or lucinda you got to be smart about it but just little short rides keep her in shape that's great for the mare absolutely all right well i see i have a bunch more questions on here that we didn't get to but we're about out of time and i am so grateful for you guys spending your tuesday uh evening or for some of you i don't in, in australia i guess this is your is this your tuesday morning i don't know what it would be or maybe it's wednesday morning in australia i don't know but uh anyways thanks for spending time with me on this tuesday um it's a blessing to have you guys here so um if i could ask you guys two favors i would be so grateful for you number one 
if you guys could hit the share button before you uh, before you jump off of here hit the share button tell your friends about these meal tip Tuesdays I'm here for I'm here to help you guys number two if you guys could uh, leave a review either on our group page Tyvon's Mealmanship Clinics or on our Facebook page when you're on right now TS Meals or uh, just leave a review somewhere tell somebody about us we would sure be grateful to you but uh, anyways we will see you next Tuesday thanks for hanging out and uh, God bless you and we'll see you later, all right?